And we're back to the For Film Sakes podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Archija, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. Who is not fucking fired. Of course I wasn't fucking fired. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> All right. Let me let me lay this shit down. I had, I had a week of work. Had, had to get that work in real quick, but I'm back, and this is going to be one of the better episodes that you're ever going to listen to, so stay tuned for that. Goddamn, setting the bar high. Very high. Uh, but th- today we're going to be talking about The Witch, mm-hmm. which is a horror movie that mm-hmm. I ignored mm-hmm. for the longest time because I thought, who the fuck cares about this horror movie? Mm-hmm. And then my friend, our friend Jonathan, mm-hmm. uh, recommended it to him and kept talking about the fucking movie. Yeah. So finally I sat in Redbox and I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll mm-hmm. watch the fucking movie. And me and Chris rented the movie on the same day, mm-hmm. well, yeah, independently of each other. Mm-hmm. And we watched the movie. Yeah. And we both found out and went like, all right, well, I guess we're doing a fucking episode on The Witch. Yeah. So this is the fucking episode on The Witch. Mm-hmm. The uh, the day that it came out, Jonathan seen it the day at the movie theater. He came did. back and told me about it. The, um, the episode that we did horror on. Right. Uh, whatever episode that was. And I didn't have a chance to see it. And I couldn't find it on any torrents to steal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I had to <laughs> wait till I could see it legally. But yeah. yeah, that's what it's going to be on this this uh, episode. It's, it's going to be a fun episode because mm-hmm. we actually kind of liked the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a weird movie, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But before we get to any of that... Mm-hmm. Let's fucking catch up because this is the oh, first man. time we've had a podcast episode mm. that I actually haven't seen you yeah. in around a week and a half. Yeah. Because we saw so much of each other from school. Yeah. Like, so we haven't seen each other in school or work together on the podcast like nothing. No. No, I haven't seen anybody. Yeah. It's, it's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, what have you been up to, dude? I've actually kind of missed you around. Uh, catch up. Uh, do, 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 do. And mustard? I'll, and it's the mustard, really. <laughs> I realized uh, this week why i i'm not able to get in shape why i wasn't able to get in shape you know i've been bringing this up for like weeks after week after week and the reason why i'm still fat and can't get where i want to be yeah self-esteem self-esteem it's self-esteem your self-esteem is fucking you up it is i I, I have too much of it have too much of it i'm sitting here looking in the mirror (laughs) and telling myself like bro you're the shit man like you you look good like girls like you you have a great personality dude you are awesome you're awesome and that kind of thinking just let me remain complacent and fat and not liking myself so now i've and and this this is what uh what what switched off for me i was on i was on the treadmill like uh, oh man I was, on, I was on the treadmill last week, and I'm just getting back into running, mm-hmm. so, like, my cardio is not that great, and after about a mile or so, like, I'm sitting there heavy breathing, and, you know, it's like, when you're doing any kind of cardio, your brain is just in a different place, yeah. and my, my body was ready to shut down, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as I'm running through there, and in the gym, there's this, um, there's this girl, mm-hmm. and she looks, right, like, right around my age, and she has the best ass i have ever seen with my own eyes in real life by far by far now let me let me let me paint the picture for you for this girl this lady she looks like around 25 26 uh 5 8 white girl mm-hmm. but ass man ass like not not like maybe she's born with it no she wasn't born with that ass you've seen exactly how she got that ass she was over there doing squats doing lunges back and forth in front of me on the treadmill the mm-hmm. whole way and the whole time i'm sitting there <sighs> looking at this like panting like a mad dog I'm, 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 I'm thinking to myself like i would give everything for that ass right now everything i will clear how, how much money is in my bank account i will clear that out give my car away say fuck it with the girlfriend give away the house i would give everything just for this ass just for it you know and then af- after after i after i get off the treadmill and like sit down and like my my senses come back to me for a minute i'm like what is it that made me want to just say fuck my entire life for this one piece of ass and it's because i didn't deserve it you know i was 
keep talking. Keep talking. I, was, I mean, I just, I just didn't deserve. No, I'm not gonna be able to keep talking to this. We're gonna have to shut the door for a second. There we go. <laughs> Dog was barking. We're professionals, I promise. Oh, um, fuck. Anyway. But yeah, the, the the reason the reason was is because I didn't deserve that fat ass. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. You know, because if I did, then I wouldn't been have willing to give my entire life away for the potential, for the ambition of having that white girl ass. You know, <laughs> so so I, I, I've changed my self esteem now. So now when I look in the mirror, I look at myself. I'm like, you're a piece of shit. Nobody nobody likes you. You're a fat ass. Just, and you're gonna stay. Like I just shame myself to no end. The worst person ever, and, and and it's working for me. It's working really well. It's fucking, it is. I'm so glad. How I, long ago did this happen? It's like like a week and a half ago, two weeks. <laughs> and it's like if if I start to get results, then I'm thinking I should open up a, like a gym for like teenagers or young girls who right. have body images uh, issues, right. and I could just like shame the shit out of them. <laughs> Getting the body that they want. Oh my god! I think Tumblr's gonna shut us down. <laughs> shut the whole thing down. I think I think like it's mm-hmm. gonna be like a group of like just angry Tumblrists, mm-hmm. and they're just gonna come over and they're just gonna stab us in the ass. That's the key to fitness. The key to fitness is body it's, it's shame, shame and hating yourself. Here's, you have to do it. Here's the funny thing about that. <laughs> it's, it's not that. Who the fuck didn't mute their phone now, bitch? So hold on. Who uh, the fuck? My na- phone's na- over there. Nemo. My name. <laughs> 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 I just heard the dog just a little while. Wait, it had my, to be in the my dog. dog has an iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, God damn it. The funniest thing about that sort of like self-deprecating motivation yeah. is that I, I deal with that shit but emotionally mm. all the time. Like if I don't want to if I like if I want to write something yeah. and I feel like it's not good enough, yeah. I'll deal like fuck you, you're not a writer. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck are you? You're not writing, you're mm. not a writer. And go bash fuck yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then I go like and then like part of me is like, fuck you, me, I'm a writer. Yes. I know what I'm doing. Yep. I can put up words and then I just write and it works. It yes. totally fucking works. It does. Uh, but I, I always see it like as two different people yeah. instead of like just me talking to myself. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's funny that you found that shit. And it yeah, works out for yeah. You. I had been listening to like the uh, the good angel on my shoulder for like six months. Like, no, you're perfect. Like, you're so good. You're so great. Like, yeah, maybe you gained a few pounds, but nobody can notice. You know, it's like you're Pucky, awesome. You're like the Pillsbury Doughboy, like a black Pillsbury Doughboy. You're fine. Yes. And and then like the devil on the other shoulder was like, bro, you gained like thirty pounds, man. You fat as shit, man. Look at yourself on this track on this treadmill, big fella. Like, you can't even breathe, big fella. Like, you know, it's like he's killing me. So I mean it's it's that that's what's happened in the in the past two weeks with um my self esteem. I've lowered my self esteem <laughs> to a reasonable area. To a reasonable extent. <laughs> yeah. That's usually the way to do it. You, like uh Tom Wade said it best. You have to live in a constant state of self imposed uh poverty. Mm. Uh, I, like I that. think that's the quote. That's how it goes. Tom Waits, I live by that. Yeah. Ever since I heard that quote, because it totally helps. I like that a lot. When you think that you're doing really well, the voice in your head is like, "Yeah, fuck you. You're yeah. not doing that. No. Yep. And they were like, "But it's fine." And then it's like, "No, no it's, it's not. not fine. It's not fine. You're an asshole. Yeah, you need to know it's you not go fine. Do it. You look in the mirror and the reflection flips you back off. Yep. That's the way that I live my life. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm doing something if I'm actively fighting against this other son of a bitch yes. inside me. That's great. It is. I promise we're insane. We're sane people. I promise. Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. Um, the other thing that happened, um, my girlfriend's birthday was yesterday. Oh, nice. So I took Congratulations. Her out. Yeah, congratulations. She's not dead. Uh, she, <laughs> <laughs> she has lived you to see another year. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, so I took her out to this restaurant called Cheddar's, mm-hmm. and I'm not a fan of this restaurant where I've never been. I went one time a few years ago, right? And based off the name, you would assume they, they had, had cheese. cheese. You you would yeah. at, at the very least they I have. I thought it was an Italian place. Uh, I don't know what kind of place it is. It's not Italian though. Just, just restaurant, place. yeah, food, food place. place. <laughs> yeah, but you would assume like at the very least they have like assortments of different kinds of cheddar. No, they, they don't like specialize it. in cheese cheese at all. I'm like, unless the, the, the owner's name is like Mr. Cheddar, then I'm I have a problem with this is then this is false advertisement. So just just <laughs> anyway, I, I never returned there, you know, but my girlfriend loves the place. So I was like, All right, I'll take you there for your birthday. Did you did you steal their salt shakers? See, there we go. And this is where I'm this is where I'm going. And this is where I'm going. If anybody's listened to a, a past episode, um me and my girlfriend we go out for some reason nine times out of ten we get terrible service. So like it's just not really, really good. And the last place we went to was Red Robin, and because the service was so shitty that we ended up stealing uh, two, uh, two or three peppercorn shakers, you know, from our table and neighboring tables. Yes, it was justice. Justice was served that night. Stood up from its table and yep. purposely grabbed a peppercorn shaker from another table. Yep. I went, "Fuck you, niggas! That's mine." Yes, it's mine now. It's mine. Y'all performed terribly, and now I'm taking this, and we're even. Justice served. I'm out. So, <laughs> so we went, we went to uh, to Cheddar's yesterday, and um, it's like, I, like I said, I didn't really want to go, but it was her birthday, so I didn't. I put on a good face, and just you know, like everything was great. Mm-hmm. So we get there, and of course, the service was fucking terrible. And then this, and this, and this is why. All right, so I, I order a Philly cheesesteak. I'm like, all right, can I have right. extra cheese, and can I have my sautéed mushrooms, onions, or whatever on the side? Right. It's like, all right, we'll do that. They bring it to me, fucked up. You they know, they don't do that. They don't do any of that. You know, and <laughs> and then, and then they, they they forget to bring like the the fries from the side or whatever that's supposed to be there. So I'm talking to my girl about it. And we get the we get the uh we get the bill. The bill was thirty nine dollars and twenty nine cents. Right. All right. So even I can tell that this bothered you immensely because I know exactly how much you know it was. the exact price to the yes cent. yes. <laughs> You know, so so I'm looking, I'm looking at it, you know, and I have a twenty dollar bill, two twenty dollar bills, and a ten dollar bill in my pocket. I have fifty dollars, right. two twenties and a ten. You know, so normally it's like that whole fifty. I mean, twenty nine dollars, thirty nine dollar bills. Like, all right, I'm, I'll give you the whole fifty. You know, for a good service. Yeah. You know, but because this service was so shitty, I felt like I should give you no money because you didn't perform a service for me. You did worse right. than if I would have just went back and forth and got it. But I can't perpetuate the stereotype of black people not tipping. So I end up whenever I go, it is a thing. It's a okay. definite thing. They uh, Louis C.K. did a whole episode on it called "Niggas Don't Tip." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it's like I don't I don't want to perpetuate the stereotype of uh, black people like not tipping at restaurants. Mm-hmm. So even though I got like the shittiest service ever, I'm still tipping ten bucks. You How know? angry are you at yourself that you did that? I'm I'm not angry at myself. Um, I would just like to see the waitress afterwards, knowing that she didn't deserve that ten dollars and she got it anyway. Right. You know that's that. You know, but that's upsetting. Mm. Here's here's the thing, because I didn't know that was a thing that black people don't tip. Yeah. I don't know where the fuck that came from. Yep. But uh, Puerto Ricans have a similar thing. Mm. Puerto Ricans hate the concept of at least the Puerto Ricans that I know they hate the concept of tipping. Yeah. Because it's so much faff. Not because we don't like the witch. It's just yeah. a bunch of faff. It is. Because you gotta do like the shitty little math. It's like ah, oh, what's twenty percent of like five bucks? Yeah, yeah. And then by the end of it, you're like ah, oh, fuck you. Just take seven dollars. Yeah. And like we kind of hate that shit. So like most of the time I don't end up tipping at restaurants. Yeah. Unless the waitress has done like an actual. 
a service. Like she's actually <laughs> made me feel happy and welcome in the place. Yeah. And every time I feel like the conversation in Reservoir Dogs mm. with Steve Buscemi, it's like, oh, oh God. Play, play them the saddest violins. This is the smallest violin mm-hmm. playing. Mm-hmm. And all my friends are like, why don't you tip? It's like, I just don't I mean, have the money to fucking tip. I don't care. I mean, well, it's like, <laughs> I, I will, if I'm not going to go to a restaurant unless I have the money to tip or else right. I'll stay home. But it's like, if um like say if I say if I tell you like hey Brian can you go downstairs and give me some barbecue sauce and yeah. you come back with the barbecue sauce then I tell you hey Brian can you go downstairs and give me some water you go downstairs and give me some water hey can you bring me some more water I just drank that and you continue to do that for me yeah. then I'm like all right you deserve some money because I'm just telling you to go back and forth doing stuff absolutely you know but if I say hey Brian can you give me some barbecue sauce yeah I'll be back and you don't come back I'm like why am I giving you money <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying so it's like I feel like you deserve your money when you perform a service yeah. but when you don't like. I don't, I don't feel I shouldn't have to feel obligated to give you money for doing you know for giving me a bad time no you shouldn't <laughs> you, you know do, I, I'm one of the guys that say like tips are reserved for people that absolutely would enjoy like did a great job do got, yeah. doing their mm-hmm. doing their waitressing yeah and most of the time for me it's like it's a really good service and I mm-hmm. end up tipping yeah but yeah. when someone gives me a shit service yes I just, I just don't fucking it's so bad I don't even say hi when I work out I'm just like here's your fucking money <laughs> I, I like yeah I like to kill Wakanis like oh <laughs> here you go yeah 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 <laughs> No. I'm a bitch. I'm a dick. I'm an <laughs> asshole when it comes to shit like that. It's just like you're fuck you. You're not doing the thing yeah, that I'm paying you to do. Yes, Go that's fuck yourself. Thing. That's the only thing that they're supposed to do. The only thing. Yeah. So I I, I hate going to restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um. Lastly, the other, the only thing besides that is I've watched everything known to man on television and movies. Damn. I've seen everything. I've seen a lot too. It's I've kind seen, of insane. Yes. I watch all of the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. We, yeah. We talked about yeah yeah. Fourteen fucking hours of film, dude. Straight. And it was beautiful. Straight through. It was fucking all the, from beginning to end. Yeah. I grilled ribs and I invited a friend over and you just watched. Yeah. Ate ribs and fucking hated ourselves. It was great. That's a lot of Lord of the Rings. It's awesome. It Hell was yeah. so awesome. Hell oh, yeah. Gandalf. Mm. Mm. Gandalf. I, I, see, I seen the movies uh, but separately like as they were coming out you know so like right. once every two years or whatever but that I, I would have to see them back to back yeah. you really get the big picture of yeah. the, the, it's awesome I may have to do that yeah they're so it's so worth it yeah. it's so worth it that is a channel like I mean you're gonna hold that title for a while cause I, I don't know when I'll have <laughs> 18 hours <laughs> 18 hours just to waste I did that I did that immediately as school ended like yeah. school ended like two Thursdays ago mm-hmm. the next Friday I was like oh we're doing this now yeah because I know I won't do it if I don't do it yeah. right when I'm like on the break mm-hmm. just not doing anything and it was beautiful fucking Frodo and Sam yeah it's just like like I didn't like fantasy I wasn't a huge fan of fantasy mm-hmm. and then I watched uh oh shit I've been talking to my mic I'll twist it mm-hmm. I I watched uh I tried watching Game of Thrones I couldn't quite get into it mm-hmm. And I've tried watching uh, and playing other fantasy stuff. I couldn't quite get into them. I didn't mm. know why. Yeah. And I didn't get it. I didn't get why Lord of the Rings was the thing that everyone yeah. liked. Yeah. And then I watched them. I was like, okay, I get it. Okay, I fucking get this it. This is amazing. Okay, I'm sorry. Do you? What do you believe happened to Frodo at the end of Lord of the Rings? Uh, didn't he leave with Gandalf to live with the elves? I, I said that that is a metaphor for him being dead. No, I don't think so. Why not? Uh, just because there was no indication of him like, like actually dying. But what? what it, but, but a metaphorical death, because he can never return. No one will ever see him again. If like, if you went to Mars, you're dead to me. Like I can, you're never. Oh, oh, oh. You know, oh, so like you're talking about not literal death. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like, like it's what happened to Bilbo, right? Because Bilbo, uh, Bilbo Baggins from okay, the Hobbit. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, he did the same thing. He fucked off with the elves for a while, and then he came back. He didn't have the ring, though, did he? No, Frodo doesn't have the ring either. Bilbo for, had the ring. I thought Frodo took the ring with him. No, with, no, the ring is in Mount Doom. The ring is destroyed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did Frodo have to leave on the boat? Uh, He just wanted to. 
because he like it's what happened to Bilbo. They have mm-hmm. the the I'm gonna go nerd on a little bit, mm-hmm. but the lineage is that uh, Belladonna took and Bilbo's dad. Mm-hmm. Bilbo's dad was a Baggins. He was yeah. like the lazy fucking Hobbit. Yep. Belladonna took was part of the family that always had adventures. Mm-hmm. So Bilbo Baggins was kind of the first Hobbit that decided to go on an adventure despite yep. being a Baggins. Yep. And so that kind of broke the lineage. And Gandalf even say, you'll never be the same Hobbit once you come back. Yeah. So that's the same thing that happened to Frodo. Once Frodo saw the world outside of the Shire, yeah. he couldn't be satisfied with coming back to live in the Shire. Mm. So it was kind of like, it was like Tolkien or Peter Jackson rather, not Tolkien. Yeah. It was Peter Jackson saying like, this Hobbit will also never be the same. You know, he completed this thing, but he wants to see more of the world. Oh yeah, I have to rewatch because I mean it's just like when I was watching it, it would seem like a um, almost a punishment, as if it wasn't his choice to leave. Like maybe right. he wanted to leave, but it's just you can't return no matter what. Right, he'll. I, I I like the thing that he can come back. It's just mm. that he's gonna go see the world and he's leaving this life behind. Yeah. He'll never have this particular life back, but it, I feel yeah. like he'll be able to revisit it. If he can come back, he's not dead. I was just under yeah. the impression that he could never come back. No, no, no. He's he's alive. Right. Frodo's alive. I know he's alive, but I just yeah. thought he couldn't come back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I thought he was sending him away, and you can never come back. Nah. You have to live on this island. The the ring is the ring is, ring is destroyed. Dead. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's over. All right. Yeah. Um. Sun. Let's see. Oh, yeah. We were talking about television shows. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. The um, you, you know how I am to where it's just like I have to see everything that everybody else has seen. Yeah. And especially when it's like big in pop culture. So, I mean, if it, it, I, I don't care if like someone seen like a shitty television show. No, we're going to go over on time. Okay, I got a good. lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. Wasn't here last week. Got a lot of stuff to get off. Um, but yeah, like, especially like a, a, a good show that everybody's watching. Mm-hmm. So like for weeks you've been like quoting Rick and Morty. Yeah. And I gave two shits. Morty. You know? Yeah. You gotta get out of here, Morty. <laughs> Jeez, Rick, I don't know. It seems a little dangerous. <laughs> yeah, so, no, really. Yeah, so I was like, all right, one person, you know, watches this cartoon, but I'll respect your opinion. You right. know, but then I hadn't heard it from anybody else. But then when I'm hearing other people hearing about, I'm like, what is this show? You know that everybody's talking about. So I'm like, I, I I go I go in the room getting ready to watch like six or seven seasons and just divulge into it. It's only two seasons. It's only it came out two years ago. Yeah, two two years ago. Uh, Dan Harmon, the creator of um community. of the community, and Justin Roiland, and Justin Roiland, yep. who uh, started out sort of like an online animator mm. and suddenly became this huge fucking now. presence. He's, He's awesome. Big. He is. I um I started watching that. I watch every episode, season one and two. Mm-hmm. This is the best cartoon I've seen since uh, Futurama. Oh yeah, it's it's really. In my really opinion, well it's way better than Futurama because it's not. Mm, it's only two seasons. Futurama I love I like love Futurama, seasons. right? But um, the formula in. of Futurama mm-hmm. for me it was a formula. I feel like Rick and Morty is always trying to reinvent itself and it how it approaches comedy. It is. Uh, so that's why I appreciate Rick and Morty on writing a little bit more than Futurama. Yeah. But really, it's on par with Futurama. And like part of shows that have been on television for seven, eight, nine years. I mean, and it's only been out for two years. It can be better than any cartoon that's, you know, it, yeah. it can be better than any cartoons over the last 15 or so years. Mm-hmm. I, I just, but what if it's canceled after two seasons? Like, I just need more than two seasons to before, I, before I can say, right. yup, way better. But uh, <laughs> yeah. here's, here's the thing about Rick and Morty and why it's such an interesting show. It is. It's on Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, Adult if I'm Swim, not yeah. mistaken. Yep. Uh, and then Dan Harmon and was he was looking for someone to make a show, mm. like uh, Cartoon Network approached him and I'm like, "Listen, we need a show to fill time." Yeah. And Dan Harmon then found Justin Roiland and they got together and they made Rick and Morty. Yeah. So it's not like Rick and Morty is a show that was like pitched 
to mm-hmm. Cartoon Network and they took up on a risk. Yeah. It's a show that Cartoon Network wanted. Nice. And it's a show that paid off for Cartoon Network immensely. I they mean, the sure amount did. of merchandise that they sell from Rick and Morty. Rick is that The name. amount of like social media presence that Rick and Morty have. I mean, they make money. Yeah, they do. Not even on like just cartoons and, and all ratings mm. and all that shit, but merchandising. Yeah. Uh, people just like word of mouth. Yeah. I mean, Rick and Morty is huge and it only took two years to get there. Yeah. So that's one of the shows that's like weird sort of avant-garde comedy mm-hmm. that I don't think is going to go anywhere no, until like at least season four. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would hope not. I would hope yeah. it's not going anywhere because I mean, I've, I've heard other people talk about it so I don't think yeah. it's going to be one of those shows that I'm like, I really love this and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, no. Speaking of Lady Dynamite, I didn't. I Cancel. brought it up um, a few a few months ago, whatever when it when it first came out. Uh, Maria Banford's show it got rated ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and canceled. she's not canceled. Not canceled. Not canceled. Like not canceled? I, well, I've been. I thought it was going to get canceled because nobody's going to watch it. But right. the fact that it got rated so high, she got to go, to go on like a whole another circuit to re-promote the show all over again. Okay. She was on Mark Marin. She was on The Nerdist. She was on. Um, uh, something Glazier, Samantha, Nikki, Nikki Glazier, Glacier. not safe for Nikki Glazier. Yeah. She was on there last night. Not with safe Mark for Marin. Nikki Glazier. Yeah. That's oh, a great name. Mark Marin and uh, Maria Bamford were on there together. Nice. It was fucking awesome. I fucking love Marin. I haven't kept up with this podcast in so long. He's doing good stuff. Just because I, like, I just been so done with everything mm-hmm. and I've been catching up on shit. I got to catch up on Marin. Oh yeah. He's so Lady awesome. Dynamite, not, canceled no it's not canceled and i'm i'm hoping it doesn't get canceled so guys please watch this show support this show such a such a such a good show dope um outside of that i heard you and jonathan talking about finding dory uh, finding dory i have not seen it yet i saw that with my daughter it's a good movie uh jonathan said all the same things that i was gonna say okay i mean it was hitting over the head with the um short-term memory loss from Mm -hmm. uh from ellen's character dory they hit that over the head so hard there's an octopus that's just out of place you know the entire time like bro like you're not in the water no more you're camouflaging you can f- drive cars <laughs> you know what I'm like seriously <laughs> octopus can drive the octopus was driving the truck to take okay. them back into the water by Fucking the end of the James movie Bond, the octopus yeah but i mean it's, it's still very funny but no real new ideas presented. and I, I said this with jonathan last time too and i really do think that dory works as a supporting character mm-hmm. not a main character very much because as a main character she could get annoying <laughs> yeah she was um, yeah but yeah. I, I haven't seen the movie i can't judge about it's, it. it's, it's still good it's still yeah. rotten tomatoes put it above 90 percent. it's still a very good movie but not better than Nemo. which is the average for pixar films uh, it has to be above 70 percent for pixar. right right the average for yeah. pixar film is like 80 to 90 yeah they're up there they're That's up their there. range oh yeah i fucking love animated movies Same. so good oh, i think yeah. my favorite one they've done was uh inside out so far inside out was really inside good out was really really yes fucking it was good. i'm gonna go with uh toy story I toy, love, toy story is good i love that so much Talking about shit that we've all sort of caught up on, mm-hmm. uh, I have got a nice little tidbit of good information for you. Good news. Let's go. I've started watching Game of Thrones. Game of I, Thrones. I'm started. I downloaded all the six seasons. All right. And I got ten months before season seven comes out. Mm-hmm. And I will catch up by season seven. So I don't think you can do it. I, fuck you. I think this, it's this, sixty this, hours. This, this is the reason why, why I don't yeah. think so. Just because I don't. I don't. <laughs> It's, it's, I honestly just don't know anybody under 25 that even watches the show. Not one really? person. None. Not one person. Huh, None. That's interesting. You know, I quite like I, w- I know a lot of people my age that watch the show. I, was, I would love to talk to them. Yeah. I would love to talk to anybody that watches the show because <laughs> I just can't find enough people. But I mean, but the, the other reason is because the first two seasons are slow and nothing yeah. happens. So it's just you have to invest yourself in the characters and not. I mean, the but, action, but, but you know? I, watched, I only watched the first episode because I started watching it two days ago. Mm hmm. Uh, but I'm quite invested already in Good. what's happening with these okay. characters. Yeah. Uh, who's the the prince from Shrek? The Lannister. Lord Farquaad. <laughs> <laughs> the the blunt prince. The blunt prince. Uh, he's fucking uh, Cersei. Oh, Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister. Yeah. 
Uh, fuck him. Mm. I don't like him already. All right. He's a cock. Okay. Uh, Cersei, even though she has a sort of regal appearance, like, mm. I don't know anything about any of these characters. Mm. In fact, you can say that I know nothing. <laughs> it's, I mean, oh, God. Now. So I'm going on this whole journey, <laughs> yes. and, and, and this is where, where I think it could get fun, and I'll talk to you about this outside of the podcast. Okay. But I'm going on this whole journey that people went through six years ago when yeah. the show was being a thing, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know anything about these characters. I just know that Jon Snow is a badass, mm. Lannister drinks and he knows things, mm. uh, Tyrion, yeah. and Cersei just kicks ass at some point, mm. and it's kind of a bitch. Okay. That's all I know about the show. Yeah. And I watched season uh, episode one, yeah. and Jamie Lannister's a piece of shit. He pushed Bran off the thing, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, well, fuck that guy mm. and then Jon Snow got a white wolf which is fucking awesome yeah <laughs> and then Cersei's just kind of like well I'm fucking my twin brother mm-hmm. uh, I mean, and then Kalesi got married yeah. off and raped by some fucking Hawaiian lookalike motherfucker yeah and I'm like the whole thing you're like what the fuck is happening yeah oh yeah why are people such assholes in this thing uh, and now yeah. I'm invested in because I want to know why are people such assholes in this show the thing is it's so good because it depicts it shows true human uh nature there's no no one is innately one thing mm-hmm. you know so that same person that that pushed his inbred child out of the uh, out of the window <laughs> <laughs> to be paralyzed for the remainder of his life it's he's like, not just the terrible person he very much is oh, a terrible yeah. person but he's not just that exactly because you, know? you may see him do something you may see him save someone's life later yeah. you know or do very very good things and that's what i like about that show because mm-hmm. i read half of the first book yeah. and it really has a tonality of like Listen, shit might go wrong, yeah. shit might go right. You yeah. never know. Yeah. Fucking watch the show. Oh yeah. That's what it feels like. And I, I like I'm actually quite excited about it. It's awesome. The only other thing that I know is that Ned Stark uh dies because he's oh, played by yeah. Sean Bean. Yes, he's dead. So Sean Bean dies First in season. every fucking thing. First season, he's yeah. so dead, man. He was Boromir. Also oh, got man. stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um Game of Thrones, you know they had the season finale. Yeah, yeah. That's why that's why I decided to do it. I decided yeah. to catch up on all the seasons yep. before season seven came out. So that we could have a season seven episode of Game of Thrones. Well, I'm, I won't spoil the uh, the ending of season six for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can say is, um, it was the biggest field battle that I've ever seen. Well, I watched the the visual effects breakdown okay. for the last scene, so yeah. I know the scene includes Jon Snow and Ramsay. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I know about the scene. I don't mm. know the motivations behind it, mm. what the aftermath of the yeah. thing was, apart from Ramsay. Mm. Spoiler alert: getting mm. his head fucking cut off. Yeah. Uh, apart from that, I know nothing about the battle itself i just know like the technicality that it took to get that done was that's, incredible that's the only thing i was gonna yeah. bring up like the i'm not gonna bring up like the battle and why they were fighting or who they mm-hmm. were fighting but just the scene itself that, that battle in the field i hadn't seen anything like that since maybe braveheart and it was yeah. done even better than that you know just seeing thousands and thousands of people just colliding with each other horses everywhere and it's just you live off of luck like yeah. at some point it's like you don't even know who you're swinging at anymore nope. you know you're just trying to kill anybody that's trying to kill you yeah and i mean it was just bodies on top of bodies hundreds upon thousands of just dead bodies to where you're just climbing over other bodies to kill more like you know it was it was that's amazing insane. but uh on a, on a visual effects breakdown, mm-hmm. only about 20% of the people that you see crashing into each other yeah. are real. Oh, real, yeah. yeah. Everything else is CGI, which mm-hmm. is like, just gives me like a boner for technology. Yeah. It's incredible We're what here. they can do now. We have the technology. Awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. We can rebuild it. Um, 
Bas- uh, besides that, just to be a little, um, to v- be vague, uh, mm-hmm. Sansa makes a deal with the devil, metaphorical devil. Um, it's an actual person in the show. Won't mm-hmm. say who that is. If you've seen Game of Thrones, then you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, Sansa- also, if you comment anything about Game of Thrones, now that I'm watching it, I will fucking find you. Oh, no, you will deserve it. You're seven, <laughs> seven years, spoiler. <laughs> you will deserve it. <laughs> um, Cersei finds a way to separate church and state. Yeah, which is good for her. Yeah, fuck yeah. You, fuck yeah, Cersei. And uh, Daenerys is on the way. Daenerys. Daenerys. She Daenerys is going to go get some ass. She is on the way. Uh, so awesome. all of that happened. And last but not least, Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. Haven't watched it, but I hear it's great. There's there's only three shows that um that are like the must-see TV. If you don't see it immediately, then you're spoiled. Yep. You know, it's the... Um, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Orange is the New Black. Yep. You know, when those come out there, you have to see it or it's done Did for you. Did you finish Orange is the New Black? I've seen it the first day. Oh, it, okay. it came, it came out. Damn. <laughs> you, know, you know how I'm on television, man. <laughs> like, it, um, it came out at midnight that night, so mm-hmm. I started watching it and then uh, finished it early at, like, 9 o'clock that morning or whatever. Nice. But um, it is the best season of Orange is the New Black, bar none. Not close. I was listening back to a, a past episode, and we were mm-hmm. both agreeing that season one and two of Orange is the New Black is really good. Then three kind of maybe fell yeah. off a little bit. And I was like, it's probably going to continue down that road. No, man. Did they climb back up? Season four took it to another level past where they originally were. Nice. Like, they had something to say. Like, in um, in, thi- in, in, in this uh, <laughs> in this season, Voss, who's played by... um. What's your girl from uh, that '70s show? Uh, uh, Laura, Laura Pepperon is her yeah, name. Yeah, I know her name. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, Laura Pepperon boss. She she's <laughs> a hitman comes out to kill her, you know. But while that's happening, a woman named Lolly, who's like a crazy schizophrenic woman, mm-hmm. kills the hitman. They bury the body inside the garden, inside their prison garden, and yep. of course, that's not gonna work, no. <laughs> you know. And um, also, a uh, they get new correctionals officers, new COs. And uh, one of my one of my good friends is a correctionals officer. Nice. Now, yeah, we um, and it's it's the exact same scenario. They were talking about taking people that are former military veterans mm-hmm. and then bringing them in to um to work as CEOs because they get a certain write off by okay. hiring veterans. Okay. And that's where my my friend went into being a correctionals officer through there. And they were showing that that life where one of those correctionals officer was a terrible person. Damn. He was like doing very malicious and terrible things to the uh, the inmates, the women. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the CEOs, they're like, they're, they're talking amongst themselves like, yeah, he might be a shitty person, but who's to say he just didn't have a bad day that day or had a bad week? And regardless, like, we're on the same team. Like, mm-hmm. we have to look out for each other. We're the ones making the tough decisions. And right. it's just, it's tough. Like, I was thinking about my friend, you know, who has to work with people who may not treat people as humanely as they should, you know? Right. But it's just, it's a, it's a job. It's a job and everybody's not a good person. Yeah. You know? I mean, it comes back to that ambiguous that ambiguity of, of morality and like, yeah. like oh I'm a person yeah but I don't know if I'm good or bad I just kind of do things yeah and, and and it puts some people in a judgment position to where they can decide up oh, the judgment the uh, the judicial system has decided that you're not a good person anymore so I don't have to give you your rights your rights have right. been taken away from you so now I'm a better human being than you and you're beneath me and I'll speak to you as such right. that's how some of those people are and it's just it's it's a really really good season they even go into like. Um, they, I, I hear they brought a lot of like race issues this they de- time around. They definitely did. They definitely did. Which is kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they and they they hit it on the nose. I mean, you go go watch that. Go Absolutely. watch Orange. I, I don't Black. watch. I don't watch the show just because I, I I don't have time to get invested in any mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely go watch Orange is Black. I mean, it's good. It's, it's yeah. really good. Best season. Really I've well seen. shot too. Yeah, yeah. 
I think for ketchup or mustard, the I mustard, think yeah. we're we're about we're about done. Yeah. We I've been doing nothing but trying to catch up on shit. That's yeah. all I've been doing. Like right. trying to get my schedule at school fucking work. Yeah. Which finally did. It took me two weeks and seven phone calls to get my shit figured out. Noise. God th- no, not noise. <laughs> no, it's not fuck it, t- it should, t- <laughs> should take one phone call and that's it. I should be like, hey, fix it. Mm-hmm. And they should be like, got it. I mean, you're paying us eighty five thousand dollars. I might as well fix it. Yeah. No, two fucking weeks and seven phone calls. Yeah. But I got it fixed. Nice. We're good. Cool. Yeah. We'll be right back and we're gonna go talk about the witch. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm gonna fill up on water yes, and yes. take a piss. Hey. hey. <laughs> Sorry, female listeners. Love you. Uh, we, uh, are we back? We're back. We're back. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> Yippee, Uh Welcome back. We took a break. You heard the music, and now we're gonna go talk about the witch. Yes. Which is a really interesting movie because mm-hmm. it's not conventional in any way. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, mm-hmm. it breaks a lot of the conventions of what even. It breaks the conventions of what movies are, and it breaks the conventions of what, like, horror movies are. Yeah, it does. Really, really nicely, in my opinion. I mean, it's a nice, full-bodied film. If it was, like, if it was a wine, I'd call it, like, a, a Cabernet. Of, of, a cap, of, nice a, cap. Yeah, a Cabernet. <laughs> a nice Cabernet. Mm. Um, here's the thing. Uh, we both watched a movie at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, independently of each other. Mm-hmm. And then we was like, oh, fuck yeah, we got to talk about The Witch. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a great movie. Yep. And at first, I told you that I had mixed feelings yep. about the movie. In the tech conversation, yep. I said I have very mixed feelings about the movies. They're mm-hmm. pleasant feelings, but they're mixed. Yeah. And I rewatched the movie again, mm-hmm. and I cleared up a lot of those feelings. Okay. And I turned. I didn't quite enjoy the movie at first. Hold I, on. Is that the ice cream man? Yeah. Is that the ice cream truck, bro? That is a goddamn ice cream truck. Yo. Right there. <laughs> kids are like running after the ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah. They I'm, go around in summer because uh, there's kids in my pool. Oh, nice. So they're just fucking flocked to it. Ice cream. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> We're <Come>. very professional. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped everything for that ice cream truck, bro. You got to stop everything <laughs> for ice cream truck. Even if you're making a podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but The Witch. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, let's give a rundown about the movie. Oh, yeah, um, directed by Robert Eggers. It was his filmmaking debut. Really, was that was his very first movie. First feature That's film a that he's huge ever risk for a movie. made. He um he was a production d- designer for a lot of other big films, mm-hmm. but he had never directed, never written um any a feature film before. Yeah, the first feature film he ever wrote and directed was The Witch, and That's he insane. used he used all relatively unknown actors for every single. I had part. no idea who the fuck they were. Yeah, yeah, I, I looked them up, and um like some of them had a small like the father in there. He had small parts in uh, Peaky Blonders and a few other shows, mm-hmm. but. I mean, it's just like small parts. I mean, yeah, I I have the name of them right there. Do you have them? No, I didn't write the names down because right. nobody's gonna know them. Okay, well that's true. <laughs> Fair enough. But let's give some credit to at least Anna Taylor Joy who played, played Thomason. Yep. She was the the main character yep. per se. Mm-hmm. And then Rav Ineson who played the dad. The dad. Mm-hmm. And Katie Dickey who played Catherine. Mm-hmm. And special shout out to Harvey Scrimshaw mm-hmm. who played Caleb because he did a fucking phenomenal fucking job. Yes. And, and um, I want to give a shout out to uh, to Black Philip as well. Black Philip. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Black Phillip. <laughs> there you go, Satan. <laughs> but, uh, it's, um, in uh, 1630 New England, panic and despair envelops a farmer, his wife, and four of their children when youngest son Samuel suddenly vanishes. The family blames Thomason, the oldest daughter who was watching the boy at the time of his disappearance. With suspicion and paranoia mounting, twin siblings Mercy and Jonas suspect Thomason of witchcraft. 
Right. That's a fucking hell of a hell of a synopsis. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happens in the movie. It's yes. just it's it's very okay. Here's my thought process about this movie. I mm-hmm. put in the movie, mm-hmm. and then my first thing is like, "Dost thou listen?" It's like, what the fuck is happening? Why is this? What is this language? Yeah. So at first, I I thought the lang- the use of language in the, the movie language, was really yeah. cool. It was like 1630. That's mm-hmm. the time period. Yep. Uh, and whoever wrote it, uh, Roger, he mm-hmm. wrote it too. He was definitely going for that sort of Shakespearean feel. I mean, it was just early English. That's how they spoke. Right. Yeah. But uh, but the way that it flowed together for, for very Shakespearean. Okay. And like the way that it was supposed to sound mm. poetic yeah. in a way, yeah. not just like yeah. normal conversation. Yeah. And so I thought that was beautiful. Mm. But it threw me for a fucking loop because okay. I didn't know anything about the movie when yeah. I watched it. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Why are they talking like this? True. Did you watch uh, subtitles or no subtitles? Uh, subtitles. Me too. Yeah. I always watch subtitles. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. Um, so I watched the movie. I was like, what? Yeah. And then I kept watching through the movie. And I was just like, fuck, what is this, all this Jesus talk? Why is God in this? What's happening? Yes. And then I was like, and then the late, the kid was like, oh, she just lost the fucking kid. Mm-hmm. I guess we don't have a kid anymore. I guess yeah. the kid's dead now. She she was out in the field playing peekaboo. Yeah. You know, so she's closing her eyes and I see you. And then the baby's there and the way they were cutting it. I, lo- I, lo- I love the way it's shot too. It was a pretty great shot. I love shot the way movie. that it's shot. You do a POV from the baby, then a POV from the girl going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And the last POV is from the girl and the baby's not there. Yeah. I was like, nice. And then later on, you get to see the actual, the witch of the woods. And as early on, they, they let you know there's evil in the woods. Right. They keep saying it. And But not only do they keep saying it, before they even make a mention of it, every time the dramatic sort of tension-building music plays, mm. it's when the forest and the woods are presented on camera. Yeah. That's when all that music... So yeah. idea of the bad, you know, like, oh, fuck, the woods, get out of there. Yeah. Uh, but then they hide in that tension by, you know, when the baby is gone, yeah. they pan up from where the baby is into a shot of the woods, mm. and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, the woods took the baby. Mm. And, like, immediately you're already invested in the story because you're like, okay, fuck, I don't, what happened? I want to know what happened. Yeah. Uh, and then they have a series of shots that I thought was really, really fucking cool mm. about the witch walking through the woods. But it's such a huge, wide shot mm. that, honestly, you can miss it pretty easily. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which I did. I missed a lot of key details the first time that I watched the movie. Mm. And that's why the movie had mixed feelings for me because I didn't get what the fuck was happening. Okay. Um, so, like... I missed I missed the part where the baby was being kidnapped by the witch. Uh, for me, the baby was just fucking gone. It was. What do you mean? The, they didn't show like the woman picking the baby up. No, no, her. no. But they showed the witch of the woods carrying in the, the woods. baby in the woods, into yeah. the woods. Yeah. I missed that the first time. I totally okay. missed that shot. Okay. So I was like, I was like, what happened to the baby? Why are the naked woman dancing? I know this is a satanic cult, but I don't really get the implications of why the baby went missing. I don't get the implications of the set the satanic rituals. Did you put two and two together about um, why Thomason was even that far close to the woods with the baby in the first place? Uh, no, no, I didn't. All right. Well, well let's, let's yeah, keep yeah. it going. Let's we'll, keep it going. We'll, we'll keep it going. Because she later takes her brother to the woods. Right. But when then, yeah. But here's the thing that confused me the first time. Because I think we're going to have a different ending about what we think the movie was about. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. And and I wrote, actually, I wrote in my notes mm-hmm. quite a bit about what I think the movie was about. Yeah. Uh, but the first time I watched it, I was yeah. confused. Like, okay, baby's gone. Okay, yeah. witch took him. Yeah. Okay, witch is never shown again. That's fine. Oh, uh, this is my process. And I was like, okay, witch is never shown again. What's happening? Okay, family's angry. They just lost the baby. Yeah. Okay, they're believing Thomason. She fucked up. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the case. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, the kids are talking to a black goat. I guess the black goat's Satan. Mm. And like Satan's poisoning this family. And then I was was like, 
Uh, dude, wait, no. What? Th Thomason's the witch. Why is Thomason the witch? I was like, mm -hmm. no, wait. Mercy's the witch. They've been talking to Satan all the time. Mm -hmm. Then that's like, I'm prideful. Kill me. He's like, what is the dad's fault now? Why mm -hmm. is everyone lying? What the fuck is happening? And then I just kept doing that until the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, 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 okay. She she just talked to Satan and signed the book. Okay, good. And then that was my first impression of the movie. Yeah. So I was very confused. Plot-wise and story-wise, yeah. I was yeah. completely alienated. Mm. But in terms of like technicality and direction, the movie was amazing. Yeah. But I just missed a lot of key information the first time. Mm. Uh, but then I rewatched it. Yeah. And that's where I sort of started filling in the, all the blanks. I mean, I, the the first time I like I, I watched it twice too, mm -hmm. like back to back that night. The first time I was watching it, like forty-five minutes in, hour in, I'm thinking maybe there is no witch. Right. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Maybe the there's whole time. no such thing as a witch because. You know, I grew up in church, and I'm I'm no longer Christian or you know anything mm -hmm. like that. But I grew up in it, and I mean, that's the Puritans back then and um, Catholics. They have a heavy thing. Catholics still now a heavy mm -hmm. thing about guilt and sin. Yeah, and they hash that over and over and over in the witch about sin. The uh, the son is talking to his son about sin, about mm -hmm. Adam and Eve and original sin. And then when the uh, when Samuel is taken. Um, what, what is the the other brother's name? Caleb or um, Caleb, yeah, Caleb. Caleb wants to know if his little brother is going to hell, right? You know, because he wasn't able to renounce his sin and, and to give his life mm -hmm. to Jesus Christ. Yep. You know, so how do they know that the brother isn't in hell? And the mother says, "No, the brother is in hell." <laughs> yeah. You know, because and, and he says that like way after the kid questions him. Like he questions yeah. it in the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. The mom says that like about forty five minutes into the movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, go on. Go no, on. Yeah, so I, I was looking at like um, delusional um, Christians mm -hmm. is the way that I was taking the movie as just taking Christianity way too far into that into that point. Or and then my second was the um, like the Salem witch trials type thing, you right. know, to where it's just your everything that you're based in your your faith around is completely delusional, you know. So you any you're you're just picking people in, like oh she has a mole and i don't understand that witch oh uh, right. she's she's a lot smarter than she should be witch <laughs> you know just any anything like that so i mean that's she where i thought it was going finger, witch. witch yeah <laughs> you know so that's where i thought it was going until the very end and i didn't understand what the movie was about until the very end the last two minutes yeah even even me like i'm still sort of confused mm -hmm. about it i'm yeah. not quite sure if i got it mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it did play. I was raised Catholic, mm. and even though oh, I'm so not, you know of the sin, <laughs> the guilt. <laughs> yeah, I know of the guilt. <laughs> I know of masturbation will make you go to hell. Yeah. that kind of bullshit. Yeah. So he, knowing that about his whole Catholic background, I, I I I did recognize a lot of like the sin. We're born in sin and yeah. inequity. Yeah. And everything you do would will mean that you're going to hell unless you ask God for forgiveness. Yeah. Your natural default state is you're going to hell. Yep. yep. <laughs> and like the guilt and all the things that people do to try to absolve that guilt mm -hmm. and try to feel better about themselves while still pleasing a God yeah. that's constantly telling them they're not good enough. Mm -hmm. So I recognize all of those aspects, but then I, I started seeing uh, pride in the dad. Oh, that yeah. That sort of ruined the family. The, you know, the whole pride is a sin type mm -hmm. thing. I started yeah. seeing pride tearing the family apart, mm -hmm. white lies tearing the family apart, which are kind of christian concepts that you shouldn't do so they're like they emphasize that pretty well in the yeah, movie they yep. treat them pretty well yep. and then i realized that the whole the reason why they're so afraid of a witch was because like oh fuck this is like in the middle of like that time period when christians were going fucking crazy yep, 1630 yeah, yeah. uh and and i didn't recognize that cultural context until the very end of the movie yeah i was like why is the witch is a big deal it's like ah oh, fuck people thought witches were burning people mm. and, and that kind of thing but i also felt a lot of um 
dealing with temptation and dealing with uh, sort of the feelings of growing up as an adult. Yeah. Like there's a couple of shots that are specifically Caleb looking at uh, Thomas oh, and at her uh, at her at her sister's breast. Yeah. Yeah, and and that kind of thing, and like there's a lot of references with Thomas and to blood, which can be associated with like infertility or fertility mm. and 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 you know menstruation. Yep. She's becoming a woman, a woman mm-hmm. and having to deal with all those temptations. Yep. So for me, the movie was really just about like people being people mm. and then having that being conclusive with their religion. Mm. And that's kind of where the movie went for me, mm. but I didn't get it. I just thought it was like a bunch of people trying to be a person and letting their guilt consume them, letting their sins consume them and not really fixing anything, not recognizing that they are, yeah. that they could be forgiven for what they've done. And yeah. so I just kind of give into the darkness of being a human. Mm. That's kind of what I thought about the movie. Because at the end, after uh, Thomason, spoiler alert, kills her mom, because mm. uh, her mom is going to strangle her because she thought she was a witch. Yeah, yeah. Her mom thought she was a witch, <laughs> so she, like, gets her on the ground. Well, a- after, after, um, let's see, they, they're, they're, the, the newborn is dead. The uh, the other son had just died, you know. So right. It, Caleb went into the woods. The, and, well, she, Tom, Tom, Thomason took him into the woods. No, 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 no. Caleb well, the first wanted time to go. The first time, yeah. The dad uh, said something about them going uh, hunting for food because they weren't able to grow food, so they had to fight, hunt their own food. Right. That was the first time he went. Yep. But it was Caleb that wanted to go into the woods. Mm-hmm. Thomason insisted to go with him. Yeah. So like, it's not like Thomason said, we're going into the woods. Yeah. Caleb was like, I don't want them to sell you. Yeah. To another family, yeah, so I'm overheard. going into the woods, and Thomas yeah. was like, "Well, fuck you, I'm going with you." Yeah, yeah. That's what happened, mm-hmm. which is interesting. <laughs> I, I, I don't. What the fuck were they doing? They never really tell you. They were hunting for food. Yeah. But after Thomason comes back, they never tell you. She said, "I promise not to tell." About what happened? Yeah, because the the mom asked her what happened in the woods, and she was like, "I promise not to tell." Yeah. And that for me at that point, that's when the movie got confusing for me. Who do you think she promised? Uh, I that's what I'm saying. That, I think that's what I'm pr- saying. That connects back to why she's so far in the woods with the the baby in the first place. And it's like what my thing, what what I believe the movie was the entire time. Well, at the end, what I mm-hmm. realized what it was, an audition for the devil. Thompson for the devil. Thompson was auditioning for the devil from the very beginning. Huh. All right. So like I'm the way that I'm looking at it first. Um, like I said, I didn't. I didn't. Well, Black Philip is not getting any love. Let me get some love to Black Philip <laughs> real quick. Black Philip is a, a large black a horned goat. Yes. Yeah. So um, there, there's twins. They're like what five or six, you know, year mm-hmm. old twins. They're pretty young. Uh, Mercy and Jonas. Uh, Mercy. Uh, did you have the person Mercy's played yep. by? Ellie Grainer and Luke. Ellie Grainer uh, plays Mercy Ellie, and Lucas Dawson plays Jonas. Ellie Grainer. She's yeah. such an amazing young actress. This, she was this, so this so good. good job. She um the introduction of Black Philip. She's going around, hopping around, singing a song. Black Philip, Black, Black Philip. A crown grows on his head. Black Philip, Black have the Philip. Fucking song in your yeah, notes. I was singing it while I was watching nice. the movie. It was so dope. <laughs> uh, Black Philip, Black, Black Philip, King of Sky and Land. Black Philip, Black Philip, King of Sea and Sand. We are ye servants. We are ye men. Black Philip eats the lions from the lions den. And that's I recognize that song. And the first time I heard it, I was like, just fucking kids singing mm-hmm. a song, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I heard it again the second time. I was like, oh, oh, the goat Satan. The goat's the devil. Mm. In case you didn't notice, you yeah. idiot. Yeah. Goat's Satan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. You know, so um the the entire time uh, things are happening. So I'm I'm watching with my girlfriend mm-hmm. and with the first thirty minutes, she's feeling bad for Thomason because she's mm-hmm. looking at everybody that's around her. She's like, She's the most attractive person that's in, within hundreds of miles. Right. You know. And even her younger brother is looking at her as an object of sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there for her. 
There's yeah. nothing there for her at all. And she wants the world. She wants more than what she has. And even when they get there, she's asking her dad, can't we just go back? Can't right. we go back to where we had everything that we wanted? This is, I can't live this small farm life of right. trying to just survive. Um, at, at that point, so she wants so much more for one. Uh, number two is as all of these things are happening with the 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 the, uh, the kid that was given to the witches for a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying stolen. Like I'm almost saying like given. Right. That's what it felt like too. Yeah. After the second time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I didn't I didn't know if I should be going in that direction in terms of the um, writing. The uh, the baby uh, when she was doing the peekaboo close to the woods where they kept t- saying danger 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 and even the the mom was like why were y'all even that close to the woods in the first place like it's not explained like why were you there but um so and then she was talking about signing the book of Satan even you know far before that but jokingly right you know? so um the the baby is taken and then a few scenes later you see a, a witch bathing in the chunks of blood of the newborn baby not only bathing in the chunks of blood in the new baby mm-hmm. she like smushes the fucking baby yeah. in the barrel first yes and i didn't catch up the first time and then, like, the second one was like oh fuck yeah she's bathing in a baby yeah a pure sacrifice and you know the sacrifice was given to the witch she smashed the baby up into like small parts and just completely washed herself all over with it it was so disgusting it was a rejuvenation sacrifice by the way she she was old and now she wasn't old yep and that's and that's going to be necessary for every witch yeah every single witch and that's that's going to be towards the end we'll get to about that but um the audition part again so um so that so so the uh, the youngest kid is is dead and then uh the other brother now the other brother's in the woods she leaves him there you know she looks for a little while i can't find my brother and then leaves goes back home you well know. doesn't she fall unconscious uh she she's unconscious for a while and right. then she gets up and she hears her father calling okay. and she goes back you know but and then the father's like why are y'all in the woods i promise i wouldn't say anything and she promised she promised caleb right now, that's what she promised but she promised that she wouldn't say anything and then she's the one that finds him he's butt naked in the rain and just completely i mean apparently well, like he's possessed yeah he's uh he's cursed cursed that's what they call it yeah yeah, yeah completely cursed so they uh, they lay him down on the bed and he's just speaking complete nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like he goes into like the Christian speak for a while and then is just uh, I'm okay with uh, dying. Yada 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 yada. Like he just completely loses I, it. I, I, I think uh, the the way that scene played out for me was like he was seeing the witch. He was kind of fighting like a mental battle with the witch. Yeah. And then he was like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm dying. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, there's God. Yeah. And I'm dying and I'm okay with it. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, God, please take me. And then he died. Yeah. So I feel like his death scene is sort of like going from like fighting with whatever was possessed inside of him. Yeah. And then accepting God and then going to heaven. And then going to heaven, yeah. Yeah. For him. Um, but even then, I didn't know what the fuck was happening. I mean, Thomason, like they're there and she's completely like just shook and emotional. And mm-hmm. the father says something about it later, how she wouldn't do the prayer. Like the, right. the prayer was stopped. It was like, I seen that. It's like, you're telling me you're not a witch. You're telling me that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then why weren't you doing the Lord's prayer? And why were you stopping the Lord's prayer? You know, so um, the twins, you know, she wasn't even allowing them to do it. So the twins eventually like fall out and start having a seizure. And she's sitting there like she's like cussing the kids out because they told on her. Like, mm-hmm. no, she said that she's a witch. She told us that she's a witch. And then right. suddenly like they have seizures and fall out or whatever. So, um... <laughs> You're painting an entirely different picture for me in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that, well, that that happens. So then the the father, you know, he's like, "All right, I've already lost two children now. Right. You know, I just lost my newborn son and I lost my firstborn son, and right. now I'm well, besides the twins, you know. Um, yeah. Well, he was a firstborn the first, male. Yeah, the firstborn male. 
the um so then you have you have the twins a boy and a girl and then his older daughter who they were already trying to sell off you know mm-hmm. just so they could survive out there and he was like all right i don't know who's evil maybe it's the twins maybe it's black philip maybe it's thomason i don't know right. who it is but i'm locking all of y'all motherfuckers inside <laughs> this farm that was my favorite part about that movie <laughs> yeah. that that not knowing how to handle it just went like all of you get the fuck inside the barn. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's like he's trying to rationalize it for himself because he doesn't know why this stuff is happening mm-hmm. now. Like when the first kid dies, it's like he kind of accepted, was like, okay, I can't look for him anymore. It's been three days. Yeah. If he didn't die of hunger, then he died from a wolf. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, this is what happens in our life. But his second son is like, no, I don't know what's happening right now. So he tries to rationalize it. It's like, is it pride? Like, why is God tormenting me? Like mm-hmm. in the, kind of like the joke from the Bible, why am I being tormented when, as far as I know, I'm doing everything to give my life to Jesus and live a pure Christian life. And in itself, that's prideful. And that's in itself is kind of like a sin. Possibly. And, and his pride comes in even at the beginning of the movie when mm-hmm. he refuses to, to leave. accept that. Ch- no, no, no. When the, his pride is the reason they left. Because uh, the church was holding him on mm-hmm. trial for something. And yep. He was like, fuck you guys. You're not being Christian enough. Mm-hmm. It was like he was proud of being that Christian unwavering person of faith yeah, yeah. and that got him to that position. i was mean leave the place that he was at it was like uh, a barren land like his, he had too much pride to go back oh yeah yeah, yeah. surprise so i mean he was just searching for anything as to why god was tormenting him mm-hmm. and so it's like he locked his remaining children up in there with the 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 evil the goat, goat. <laughs> yeah like he doesn't know he's who's evil but somebody's a fucking witch <laughs> you know <laughs> might and, be the fucking goat who knows yeah. he's in there too yeah so um the twins die yeah, they, they do. <laughs> the twins die. They don't show the the twins dying. If I'm, they're just mistaken. dead. Yeah, they're just dead. They're they're locked in there with Black Philip. And at mm-hmm. the time, as a viewer, you don't know who's the witch either. At that point, no, you don't know if no it's, idea. Yeah, you don't know if it's the twins. You don't know if it's goat. If you don't know if it's Thompson, but um, I honestly thought the goat was mm-hmm. the evil entity mm-hmm. in the barn at that point in the movie. Yeah, I thought like, well, he just got locked in there with a the goat. Yeah, the nigga's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought the goat was Satan, but I thought Mercy was a witch. I, that's, that's, yeah, that's what I thought too. Because yeah. they sell it to you at that point. Yeah. You're like, oh, Mercy keeps talking to Black Phil all the time, and you're like, well, she's a witch. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck are you just d- d- her? She's yeah. a. So and, it's like, and and this is why I'm why I'm uh, saying the audition part because mm-hmm. now all right, so now we have three different examples. Like first, first you have the uh, the the brother that she brought to the woods, way too far to the woods, and then he's gone, which I looked at as she was okaying the sacrifice right then secondly her her twins her twin brother and sister that are locked in there we don't know what happened to them as far as i know she sacrificed their asses too and yeah. and what, what what why i believe that she did sacrifice them is the ending of the movie the very end the very end of the movie um mm-hmm. black philip she's zero black philip and then she knows that he's the devil at this point right because there's no other options like her <laughs> her brother and sister the twins are now dead and there's nobody else that was in there so and she just killed her mom and she just killed her mom, yeah. you know, so she's done everything that she could possibly do, you know, for Satan. Like this is what his this is Satan's will at this point. And yeah. she's and she's followed it to a T. So she she goes she goes and confronts Black Philip, And she was like, I, I understand who you are. And I know that you're real. And, you know, she's like, speak to me and he won't do it. And she's about mm-hmm. to leave. And then he was like, um, what what is thou like the taste of butter? A pretty dress. What is thou like to live? 
deliciously. <laughs> that was the creepiest line in the whole fucking movie. Yes. Then you know, and she's been doing all this these things, and he was like, "Yeah, I can bring her into it." Like she's like the whole audition. You pass. You mm-hmm. uh, you've been, you've been initiated. You're willing to sacrifice your mother. You're willing to sacrifice all these things. And then finally, you see her. Um, he helps her. He guides her hand to sign the book or whatever. They don't mm-hmm. show it, but that's what he says. Yeah. She walks off to the woods, and then you see a ceremony of witches surrounding a, a bonfire. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they begin to float into the air. Yeah. And as far as I was concerned, that was a um, a direct. There was a direct correlation between the magic that was happening there mm-hmm. and the death of the twins right before that. Right. You know, I was thinking they're using the, the black before magic. Before anything magic happens in the first sacrifice. part of the movie, mm-hmm. we see the kid dying. Yeah. We see Samuel being killed. Yeah. So it, it leads the national solution. It's like the twins died. Mm. People are dead. Yeah. We can do magic now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they that sacrifice worked, and then at the end you see her, and it's it's a, a joyous moment, and it's so sad at the same time. It's uh, it's dark. It's it is dark. because I'm looking at the girl. Like I said, the very beginning, first 15 minutes mm-hmm. is someone that has the potential so much further than where she's at. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's beautiful. She's intelligent. You know, she has so much going for her that she can't realize her potential in the small area that she's in mm-hmm. and now that she's become a witch she can real do anything that she wants she can yeah. finally be the person that she wants to be at a cost yeah at a cost and that cost is her family friends or anybody you know anything like she can't yeah. have anything any longer like she can live deliciously she can have the taste of nice things and nice dresses but at the sacrifice of human life for the rest of her life now you know yeah which you paint uh, here's the interesting thing because everything you've said just makes sense mm. i mean it's, it's a natural conclusion and and i and you painted a different picture for the movie for me because i thought it was more accidental mm. than purposely which one uh i thought that the fact that thomason became sort of a witch mm. and signed the book with satan i thought it happened much more accidentally than when mm. you make it out to be because mm. i thought that um she lost the baby and the witch was like my baby now mm. she sacrificed the baby and then that little thing inspired a sort of the chaotic life mm. that aspired from that event yeah and like the family start falling apart by their own fault mm. it's like the dad lied about the cup mm. uh the mom uh distrusted catherine and blamed her for mm. the eat for the death of samuel yeah uh the twins were just annoying i guess yeah <laughs> But like the family just kind of sort of started falling apart after that moment. Yeah. And because the family was falling apart and because Thomason felt like she wasn't believed mm-hmm. or loved and she was no longer being accepted into her family. Yeah. Once everything bad happened, she figured out that Black Philip was Satan. And because everything bad had happened, she had nothing else to lose. She knew Black Philip was Satan before that, though. Well, that's the thing. That's mm-hmm. this is what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm not so sure what I'm thinking. Yeah. But I, I, I just think she kind of stumbled on I can, uh, on I can the see Satanism that. aspect of it, mm. that she just signed, uh, she kind of like figured it out. Yeah, she was like, "Ah, oh, fuck, Black Philip is Satan," and yeah. then she went to talk to him mm. because she had nothing to lose. Not that she lost everything. Yeah, in order to sign the book. Yeah, with the devil. Yeah. I think that she signed the devil, the the book with the devil because she result. lost everything as a result yeah i don't believe that she was um inherently in cahoots with mm-hmm. the devil like from the beginning you know saying okay i'm going i'm going to sacrifice my brother in order for this or yeah. i'm gonna 
you know, take my my brother out into the woods in order to get this. Mm-hmm. I believe that Black Philip Satan, you know, with with them be, being in that family, he was manipulating everything around them. Right. And it's, she couldn't have stopped those things from happening one way or another. The baby was going to be gone. The brother was going to go out into the woods. The twins, you know what I'm saying? The Black Philip was manipulating all of it. But it's how she responds to everything that happens to her. Okay. You know, and, and, it, and it seems like she it wasn't that big of a deal for her you know what i'm saying because of her surroundings her father not even the only person she had in her life was her father mm-hmm. and she didn't even feel like she was respected by him her yeah mother, her and mother he wasn't her. by the end of the by the the climactic yeah. finale of the movie like right in the in the middle of the climax yeah she really wasn't no yeah mm, she had nothing um but here's what's interesting Mm. to me then uh because black philip does seem to be manipulating everything yeah and thomas and sort of just fell into the hands of mm-hmm. of what black philip was doing mm-hmm. i i i don't know i just feel like it was such it's such a fine line between pur- purposefulness mm-hmm. and just sort of stumbling into a dark path it's in it's in between it's yeah. in between because i mean like i said i 100 don't think it was all purpose mm-hmm. but the fact that she knew black philip wasn't just a regular goat right. from the very beginning of the movie is she has some kind of cognizant and awareness mm-hmm. of the evil that is surrounding her. Right. You know. But another interesting thing, uh, I don't know the symbolism of this, but mm-hmm. she picks up an egg at some point in the movie, mm-hmm. probably in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. The egg cracks and it's an unborn baby bird. Yeah. And then when she's milking one of the other goats who is not Black Phillip, mm-hmm. uh, she, squ- she like milks the goat and blood comes blood. out. Mm-hmm. And that's usually associated with a satan, like a satanist um connotation to it yeah yeah um because they turn life into death yeah i uh, kind of like that so at that point i was like all right well uh, at this point i'm thinking is thomas cursed mm-hmm. was she doing all this at some point to get with the devil mm-hmm. or did the devil manipulate her into a curse he, he manipulated her and she allowed it to happen i, I so think I that's the bottom line mm-hmm. of it i think that's what the movie was trying to get it's like tragedy opens the the, the opens the door, door. yeah for this sort of, not I don't want to say satanic, but the sort of um, chaos, yeah, in, in in someone's life, yeah, and it can destroy a family by the small things, mm. really easily. But I also found a much more humanistic aspect of it, thinking that the family fell apart because it was the family that was at fault, mm-hmm. the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, not because Satan was working against them or God was working away from them, yeah. It was it was merely because they were human and sinful yep. and prideful mm. and awful yeah. and other things and they couldn't get it together in time to avoid tragedy. They they were torn apart by their own flaws. Like I mean, the the Satan character just highlighted things that were already wrong with him. Mm-hmm. You know, like he didn't he didn't give them well besides the fact of stealing their newborn child. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying that's that's like the biggest evidence for me for Thomason. Right. Know, but, yeah. but and and here's the other thing: the, is the witch and Satan. Mm. working together oh yeah are they two separate entities i believe all the witches work for satan because you have to you have to sign the uh, the book in order to work for him in the first place okay so all those witches that were at the bonfire i assume that they went through a similar practice that thomason had to go through with their families taken from them or yada yada okay you know that makes sense i guess i can i guess i can see that i, I can see that uh thomason being sort of auditioning for initiated the kind of yeah. without not really even knowing about it in the first yeah. place yeah. and then just kind of figuring out and go like oh everyone's dead might as fucking well yeah yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't think about it like that. I mean, and it's like, and that's not to say that my perspective of it is right. And that's why I love the writing of this, you know, mm-hmm. because he is so open-ended. Like you can believe that it's just a pure Christianity type of uh, metaphors of mm-hmm. how, 
um, delusion can tear you apart. Mm-hmm. It can be the whole Satan and God. It can be, you know, just family structure. I mean, there's so it can be the, the women. Oh my God! What did I write about about these women? Um, religion, sin, and feminine power yeah. is is like the the biggest things for me in this movie. And feminine power. When I'm looking at Thomason, like I said, she's intelligent. Thomason. Thomason. Yeah. She she's intelligent. She's beautiful, and she has so much uh, potential and ambition. Mm-hmm. You know more than what her area has to offer. And I was I went back and did research about the 1500s and the 1600s mm-hmm. about a Salem and all the witch things that were going on. Mm-hmm. And it's so terrible, you know, like whether it's like it's not just like book fable stuff like they were. No, legit, that should happen. It legitimately they burned happened. people, dude. They burned the fuck out of people. Yeah, you they know? did. It was like, oh, this woman is way too smart. Oh, this woman just had a stillborn child. Uh, this woman has a mole in a very odd place. Mm-hmm. You know, this uh, there's a lot of bad things happening in an area where this woman was. Burn. All of these things they which but they don't just burn them they don't burn them <laughs> this will first first in order they have to have to do, do a test they can't just automatically burn some innocent person i, I know one of those tests the you, very familiar the f- very famous famous uh rock test yes which they would tie a rock to you mm-hmm. and throw you in a river mm-hmm. and if you died you were in a witch <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah if if they tie they tie a rock to you throw you in the water if you dr- if you drown then you weren't a witch but you know? then you're also dead. But you're also dead. <laughs> you know? Oh, my bad. Which is kind of like my, which is, it's morbid, but it's kind of like my favorite way of explaining the witch trials. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, these people were fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah. There was no rational about this. They were insane. But but I, I, in, in their defense, mm-hmm. how many bitches popped up out of that water? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how many witches popped up out of the water? Because if they continue to do it, like somebody had to come back up out of that water. <laughs> You know? <laughs> I'm sure that if you go back, there's a correlation between the amount of people that walked out of the water mm-hmm. and like the amount of how shitty the one that tied the knot was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we've, we've drowned 79 women, but 80 time the charm. You know, yeah. this time somebody. And and the thing is, is like if someone was to to rise back up or whatever and um, be deemed a witch, then they would burn them at the stake. Yep. <laughs> then you get burned. So it's it's, an, it's a it's a lose lose situation lose, for lose. anyone. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was a fucked up time period, but here's uh, we just kind of broke down the plot. Mm. And now that I sort of understand what the movie is, uh, I, I, the technicality of this movie yeah. I mean, was absolutely beautiful. Oh yeah. Uh, the, first of all, the language we talked about the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a beautiful sort of Shakespearean early English yeah. language, and normally you say like, ah, oh, that's a bit gimmicky. Ugh. Mm. But during this whole movie, you genuinely get lost in the language. It feels authentic. And you understand everything that they're saying. They don't have to explain anything to you. Mm -hmm. And it works. It just sort of works. Your suspension of the belief immediately goes away. Because the language is used sort of of poetically and slow and delivered. There's no fast lines, really. There's no everything said with a purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of very, very slowly. I sold thy silver cup. And you're like, oh, fuck. And like everything kind of takes you aback. So that kind of works with the poesy of the language. Yeah. And then the other thing, the movie is very colorless. It's very unsaturated, yep. very drab and bland, yeah. uh, which speaks for the situation of these people mm. uh, living. The only shots that are warm are when their sacrifice is happening, yeah. when Thomason talks to the devil, and when the witches float. Mm. So it's only real three scenes where the colors are warm. Yeah. Everything is cool and drab. It is. Uh, and I thought that was a great way of symbolizing that she that those people thought Satan was the only way to get that sort of happiness that they wanted. Yeah. Because warm colors associated with happiness. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought that was really fucking clever. Uh, apart from the language and the colors sort of working together to create this really visual experience mm -hmm. of it was poesy. It was poesy. You know, it was po it was poetry. Poetry, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it was poetry. Yeah. That's what it was. It was visual and auditory poetry. Hell yeah. And the way that it was presented. But not only that, the camera shots themselves with the direction mm -hmm. had purpose. Yes. So like every time that you would see the baby in mm -hmm. the peekaboo scene, it was mm -hmm. like something's gonna happen to this fucking thing. Yeah. And then they cut back to Thomas, and I was like, you're going to get fucked up later at some yeah. point. They have this weird, uh, like, I already mentioned the shot when they're doing the peekaboo thing, and mm -hmm. then from the empty blanket, yep. they pan up to the forest. Uh, they had these shots, even at the very beginning, where the people are looking straight at the camera. Mm -hmm. It's a 90-degree shot at eye level. Yep. Um, but uh, none of the people are looking at the camera. They're yep. looking up. As a, at a form of authority, mm -hmm. and this shot is usually used for when they're praying, yeah. or when they're talking to a dad or another authority figure, and then the only other shot that the only other way that that shot is used out of context is when she, the Thomason is talking to Black Philip, yep. and she's looking, looking down. down, yeah. And after that, they do the same shot when she's levitating and mm. she's looking up again, yep. Uh, so you can those shots really do give you a direction of what's happening. So yeah. She's looking up at God for praying, asking for help. Yeah. Then she's looking up at someone talking to them, like a form of authority, authority figure. Yeah. When they look at eye level in the camera, mm -hmm. if or they equal. do, which I don't remember if they did. Not often. Uh, not often. Then it would be like now we're on the sort of human realm, her, on the same level. Yeah, her and um, her and her brother. What <laughs> they did, they did that a lot with the, the, the brother. But yeah, right. So like we're on the same level, and mm -hmm. we're on the same level of communication. And yeah. then she looked down at Satan. So like the direction of where their eye line was going was giving you an idea of who they were talking to. Yeah. Uh, which keeps you in track of who's winning the scene, who should be winning the scene, and who should be losing the scene. Yep. Which is incredible as a first-time director. Yes, man, that's encouraging. Yeah, that is it so is. It's encouraging because I, when, I, when I first when I seen it was his his first film, a feature film, mm -hmm. then I had to go look. I'm like, you don't that's you don't just do this well on your <laughs> first feature film. But I mean, he's been around it. He's yeah. been around it for 20 years. Like I said, he worked as a PA. He worked as production design. He's been doing this. He's been working on sets for 20 years. He and has I, a career. He has a career. Yeah. You know, so I mean, and I have to imagine that he didn't write this film last night. No. Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he he's had this for a while and every set that he goes on, he can just pull thing from this thing, this thing, this thing, and whenever I do get to shoot my feature film, mm -hmm. these are all the things that he's gonna have and he did such a good job. He did. And another one of my the things that I really like the about this movie is yeah. that they don't mind shooting wide. Oh, he did they a lot. They like wide. Mm-hmm. Which is good, yeah. <laughs> because oh, yeah. first of all, wide lets you see the world mm -hmm. around the people that you're in your film, yeah, and it makes them feel much more authentic. Yep. But it also um, it also forces you to look at detail mm -hmm. because it's such a broad shot yeah. that there's things that you're gonna miss. Like the first time I watched this movie, I missed the witch carrying the baby mm -hmm. out through the forest because I was like, "Holy shit, this is an amazing shot!" Yeah, and then I missed the fucking lady carrying yeah. the baby. Yeah. So like, uh, wide shots sort of let you carry that amount of detail and still disguise it, hide it in places. Yeah. And then closing in on the things that are really important, like yeah. the rabbit, mm -hmm. the goat's eye. Yep. Um, I mean, it's just wonderful sort of beautiful imagery. Mm -hmm. They had a shot where uh, the witch was in front of the moon and that was her silhouette. Uh, the, the big witch or the skinny witch? It was the, I think it was when they took the kid. It was just before she sacrificed. Okay. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. Okay. Um, 
she was holding the baby and she was in the silhouette of the moon. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, that baby's fucked. It's a yeah. full moon. There's yep. no way that's happening. For yep. Him. <laughs> yep. So like it inadvertently brings all the cultural stuff that you know about this, you know, this Catholic references, mm-hmm. this witchcraft lef- reference, yeah. satanic witchcraft references, satanic references that mm. you know of just basic knowledge yeah. and kind of forces you to think back on those. And you go like, ah, well, gold's black. Yeah. Black gold black should gold. be associated with Satan. Yep. And then that puts you, that puts a theory in your head and then mm. they close up on the goat and you're like, now I definitely know what's happening. And then they go and they're like, nope, fuck you, not the thing. Yeah. And then they go back and I'm like, nope, that was the thing. You're right. Yeah. And it, it leaves the audience as confused as what the characters were going through by camera direction. Yep. Uh, sort of the dialogue that was happening at the time. I mean, it was really well staged. It was. And the blocking of the actors never fell off. Everyone was standing where they were supposed to be yeah, standing. It was technically sound. Yeah, and I and I really, really enjoyed that part of the movie. Yeah. A lot. I mean, this, the plot was great, but as a first-time director, seeing someone nail the things and make a movie a good movie, mm-hmm. you know, the subtlety, the just the, the complex things that he managed to get in a shot Mm -hmm. and like how the camera moved and nothing was overly complex nothing was flashy everything like even the dinner tables that was some of the most tense scene like i would i would i would reckon to i would reckon that he spent a lot of time storyboarding that oh yeah you know like that's not something off the whim i just i have a script and i'm gonna go shoot it like steven spielberg could do that you know he doesn't storyboard a lot very often but this right here you can tell like this is the kind of movie that you need to storyboard yes hardcore and I, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I'm, I'm really like, I thought the movie wasn't as good as it was. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it a second time and yeah. I got a feeling for the movie. Yeah. I got what the director was trying to do. And not only was the movie creepy, it was disturbing. Hell in yeah, a it way. Was. Hell yeah, so it was. like I, for me, a good movie is when it achieves its purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think the witch did that perfectly, perfectly fine. I mean, the, uh, the thing we're talking about with, um, how you brought it up with, uh, shooting a cup. Duke? No, um, it wasn't a horror film. It was a, um, I, I was talking about the, uh, shoot, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can. And we're talking about um, a good movie will, um, something about, it tells you who who you're going to root for. Right, a good movie, uh, uh, yeah, oh, fuck, what was it that I said? A good movie lets you know who you're supposed to root for. Mm, who you're supposed to root for. Yeah. And who is that in The Witch? You I don't. Know, you know, it's like I was yeah. rooting for Tom Thomason to become a witch, and it happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause like the whole time, I'm like, "You're too good for this area." Like the movie is the witch. You better be the witch and get up out of this. You yeah, know? absolutely. So it was like I was rooting for her to become evil, and she did. But I'm a demented <laughs> person, so it's like, I mean, what is a normal person rooting for? Here? But what does that tell you about the movie? They mm-hmm. tell you that the whole the corruption thing corrupted Thomason mm-hmm. as much as it did. Yeah. But you, as the viewer, Thomason being the main character. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be following their point of view. Mm. So you as the viewer said, I want Thomason to win. Yeah. She's the one that matters right now. Mm-hmm. Which as a director means that he made a highly successful character out of Thomason. Sure did. And 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 that's commendable. I mean, not a lot of movies do that. That's absolutely fucking commendable. I, I would like to know how other people walked away from it though. You know? I so would I, because I because we've only I've only talked to three people about this yeah, movie. Yeah. You no, yeah, you, Jonathan, and myself mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. are the only three people that I've heard talk about this movie. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you wanted something other for Thomason, if you wanted her family to survive or for her to have nice things and live deliciously without Satan, then you might not like the ending. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and and for me, I knew that wasn't going to happen the mm. moment Caleb came back from the woods. Yeah. I knew that someone she was going to get fucked. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a really interesting, well-made, 
thriller suspense. I wouldn't call it horror, mm. but it was definitely suspense. Definitely suspense. I like and it. I thought it was beautifully well shot, mm-hmm. beautifully well written. Yes. The language was performed beautifully. Mm-hmm. And for kids, or like we're talking about five, seven year old kids. Mm-hmm. They delivered their lines amazingly. At least Mercy, like yeah. the the, uh, the the brother didn't speak very often, but right. that little girl played that played Mercy. She's so good. She, she nailed so good. it, and Caleb himself, being a young a young dude, mm-hmm. nailed the fuck out he of did. his dying speech. He really he did. nailed the shit out of that. He really, really did. Um, Catherine was the one that I liked the least. The mother. Yeah, mm. but that was not that wasn't fault of the actress. That was just the writing for the character. You're supposed to like her less than yeah. any other character. Oh, we didn't even go over the scene where uh, the mother just started to lose it after she had lost child after child, and mm-hmm. the um, and Caleb finally died. So um, she became delusional, and she was touched by Satan a bit. Mm-hmm. So she's having this delusion that where she thinks she sees her uh, her son holding her other infant son oh, who had yeah. just died. And in her mind, she has the baby and she's sitting on a chair and she's breastfeeding her child like she was at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. But then you sh- they show what's really happening. And she's sitting in a chair in an empty room with a crow basically pecking her heart out. <laughs> you yep. know, it's like pecking at her nipple, but like at her under her heart. And, 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 and that's another allusion to the blood, to the milk equals yep. blood thing yep. about fertility and mm-hmm. life and death. And it's yep. a fucking, it's a movie packed with fucking symbolism. so much. Yes, it is. And even we watching the movie twice, we're not going to get all not of the everything. symbolism. Not everything. Still can't. Uh, we're still going to miss some things. Yep. So I definitely would love to hear about other people that have watched this movie yeah. and see what they take out of it. Because it's, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a mine for it's a gold mine for like good discussion. Hell I yeah, think. It is. It's a great movie. Agreed. And and that scene specifically was upsetting to me because it was like, ah, dude, your nipple just like, it was just like a sad thing. It's kind of like I have my son back, and it was not. And it was just kind of like I, I couldn't I, I couldn't grief. sympathize for her because she was a shitty yeah. character. Like she she yeah. treated Thomason so bad. It was like, ugh. Yeah. I, I wanted all bad things for her. It was pretty amazing. But that, that's the interesting thing about the movie. Mm. It's just like, you don't know who you're rooting for. You don't know who's going to live. Yeah. And you don't really care. You just kind of mm. want to see it happen. Yeah. And I, I I don't know. It worked for me. It, it worked for me. It worked for me too. I, I give I give Jonathan shit because mm. I because I wasn't liking it mm. when I was watching and I texted him I was like what the fuck is the witch? Yeah. And it was like it's pure art, man. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. No, it is. It is. <laughs> and it I was is. like, I get it. I get it. It's yeah. a it's a movie. I had to watch it twice to appreciate it, but it was definitely good. I mean, it's very rare, but uh, Jonathan got one right. Yeah, he did. He did. Shout <laughs> he out to you, Jonathan. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's gonna get mad that we didn't have him on this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, he can eat a dick. He yeah. can do that. Yeah, he can. You're fired, Jonathan. He knows he's fired. <laughs> so, any closing thoughts on on the Wedge for you? Um, Please, you def- definitely go see it. Support movies like this. Like I said, original movie. This isn't like some sequel that they're trying to pass off. I mean, this is a guy using his own creative ability to give you an original thought. Yep. You know, and, and I'll it, be damned if it isn't fucking original. That's yes, original as fuck. Yes, exactly. And it's like, I can't help. You have, please support that. Please support yep. originality and creativity because Absolutely. it's so rare. It's so rare. And I mean, I, I, I'll accept that in any capacity. That's why I like Lady Dynamite so much. Yeah. It's like, it might not be, it's not the same, but I mean, it's so original. It's so creative. So I mean, please support work like that. The Witch is so good. It, it was, for me, it was also a fantastic film. Mm. And I'm, I feel bad that I shed on it at first. You shouldn't. Um, no. But it, it, it really did. I mean, shout out to Robert Eager. Robert Eager, yeah. He did a great job writing and directing. Eager's, mm-hmm. And everyone that was in this movie did it. It's such an intimate story. It is. And it's just beautifully well done and shot. And that production company deserves all the love that you can give it because mm-hmm. it did a great fucking film. It did. And on that note, 
we are going to go take a break. I'm going to go fill yes, up on yes, water, yes, and we'll yes. be talking about TV and movie premieres for the next week. Yes, yes. All right, cheers. Thank you guys for watching. We'll be right back. You're killing this shit. Wrong fucking application. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't have no wife. Like it's just it's very weird. So stupid. I fucking love the internet. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we we are welcome back <laughs> to whatever the fuck we're doing. Oh yeah. Um Hi guys. <laughs> you guys are here? What? Hi guys. You sound like fucking uh Oh fuck, what's his name? Mark Wahlberg in the happening. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> The bees, guys. We gotta care about the bees. Yes. Anyway, uh, we took a shit little time introing mm. and talking about the witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's try to get this speed fire around. I'm not gonna let that pass. That you've seen the happening. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. I oh, about about to say, it. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. I've, I've seen a lot of reviews about. That okay, happening. okay. I'm about to say, <laughs> like M Night Shyamalan. Like, what drew you to see this? They said M Night Shyamalan and Mark Wahlberg. And you was like, yes, I'm there. I, I want to see it just because it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Hell yeah. Right, um, uh, premieres for uh, Tuesday, July the 5th through July the 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first television show is, uh, speaking of Mark Wahlberg, is Wahlburgers. Right. He did that. I have <laughs> yeah. ice in my mouth. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's uh, Wednesday, July the 6th. Wahlburgers is coming back. It's going to be on A&E at 10 p.m. It's a reality show to where uh, Marky Mark and his two other brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they sell hamburgers at a uh Doesn't he have three other brothers? They might have 12. Should have <laughs> I mean, until I get like some good information on the Funky Bunch, like I don't feel the need to get anything right about Marky Mark. When Marky says I will be doing another Funky Bunch, or like I will find out everything about Marky. Everything after that, but I mean, I feel like he's trying to hide the Funky Bunch. Like he, he's hiding he did, himself. He is not happy with them. He's not. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Wahlburgers. Yeah. Uh, that's so. That's Wednesday, July the sixth. Wahlburgers, a reality TV A and E at ten. Uh, next is going to be Thursday, July the seventh. It is called uh, Brahman Naman. Mm-hmm. Brahman Naman. Brahman Naman. Yeah, it's a. Um, it's gonna Wait, did you? What date is this? July seventh to July eleventh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I know sorry. how to do my job. I, I'm sorry. I thought you said July first, and I was like confused. No, my bad. Go on. Shit. <laughs> well, what is what is this, Jonathan, back here to critique me on how to do my job? And by the way, by the way, did you see this okay. motherfucker upstage you on the fucking premieres? I seen this motherfucker. Oh yeah, he did brought up some some other bullshit. He was bringing up movies while you were announcing the premieres. I wanted to reach through the the the, the podcast and shut this motherfucker down right there. Shut it down. Shut you hear it down. that, Jonathan? Don't do that while Chris is here. He was shanky. You don't do the fucking premieres. Not you, not you, Brian. I'm, ta- I'm talking. I'm talking to, to, to Jonathan, who is who is not here. I'm publicly shaming him to all 27 of our our listeners. Our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. We love you, Jonathan. No, we don't. Oh, fuck. Um, but, uh, that's that's all for uh, for television. Brahman Naman uh, is a it's a movie a comedy on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, uh, Indian film which impressed at Sundance earlier this year is reminiscent of an American 1980s teen comedy. Okay, is I, what can, I can fuck with that. I, I can deal with it too. Um, but that's 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 it in television. Uh, now movies coming out this weekend. Y'all had a lot of good movies uh, last week, and we don't have great ones, but these are two movies that I wouldn't mind seeing. Like, yep. both of these that are coming up. Um, Mike and Dave need wedding, day, wedding this dates. This is Zac Efron and the guy from Workaholics. Adam Devine. Adam Devine. Mm-hmm. 
Great. It, it looks funny. Yep. Uh, Aubrey Plaza is in it and yep. Anna Kendrick, I think. Yeah. Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. Oh I my. love Aubrey Plaza. Oh, my goodness. She is so good. I do a lot of things. You know, like that, that girl at that gym with the ass, like Aubrey Plaza? Like, yeah, man. You know how she auditioned for the role in that movie? Oh. She walked into the studio, and then she just, like, flashed her ass. Really? Yeah, because there's one scene where she does that, like, the script. She flashes her ass to a bunch of people. I mean, I will Vincent Van Gogh myself for some Aubrey Plaza. Like, what do you need? <laughs> what don't. do you need? Oh, God. <laughs> You see, you need to lower your self-esteem. Vincent you shouldn't Van Gogh. have self-esteem. Vincent Van Gogh myself. I sure will. That, that's one of my favorite things I've heard. Yeah. I will Vincent Van Gogh myself. I will. I sure will. God damn it. Mike and Dave wedding? M- Mike, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. It's a rated R. Uh, it's listed as a hard partying brothers, Mike and Dave. Play an online place an online ad to find perfect dates. I'll uh, play by Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza mm-hmm. for their sister's Hawaiian wedding. Hoping for a wild getaway, the boys instead find themselves outsmarted and outpartied by the uncontrollable duo. It's a good broad comedy. It's a good broad R-rated comedy. You mean like a a good woman comedy or no, like a good broad as in a, as not in like, broad as not in women specific. <laughs> yeah, not, not broad as in women. <laughs> It's not the 1960s. <laughs> all you broads need to go see this movie. <laughs> Round up all the broads and the dames. <laughs> it's a, it's it's sort of like a generic comedy in the best way, in the best sense of the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Neighbors, that kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, it reminded me when I seen the name of it, I was seeing Wedding Crashers. Yeah, you know, but I, I'm hoping this is gonna be really good. So I may see that. Uh, the next is The Secret Life of Pets. Uh yeah, with Louis C.K. and Will fuck I forgot the other names. Um, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, and lots of other people. And lots of other. It's, it looks like a fun movie. <laughs> it's a it it's a fun. PG movie. It's uh taking place in Manhattan apartment building. Max's life as a favorite pet is turned upside down when his owner brings a sloppy mongrel mongrel named Duke. They- <laughs> Sloppy mongrel. A sloppy mongrel named Duke. <laughs> they have to put their quarrels behind when they find out that an adorable white bunny named Snowball is building an army of abandoned pets determined to take revenge on all happy owned pets and their owners. It's a shitty rabbit, man. What a shitty rabbit. That's a fucking great plot. Yeah. Hey, let's make a rabbit get angry and just fucking raise an army. Hell just yeah. fuck it. Why the not? Cutest rabbit ever. I'm down for that. <laughs> That's funny as fuck. There was this book when I was in grade school called Benicula. It was about like this cute bunny that turned into a vampire at night and just like sucked your blood. Okay. Been afraid of rabbits ever since. I won't blame you. <laughs> That's a fucked up thing to read as a kid. I'll tell you what. But, uh, <laughs> I'll uh, tell you what, boy. I'll tell you what, Bobby. Is that <laughs> it? That is it for the premiere oh, for this week. Oh, fuck me. That's that was completely it. God, yeah. this is a shit weekend for movies. Yeah, I guess. Um, another that, another one thing I want to mention. Mm-hmm. By the time this episode comes out, yes, this movie will be out because mm-hmm. it comes out tonight as mm-hmm. we are recording. Okay, Swiss Army Man with mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano from yep. There Will Be Blood mm-hmm. uh, comes out. It's going to be on limited release. Mm-hmm. It looks like one of the most original comedy slash dramas. Yeah, dramedies. Dramedy. Uh, that are kind of, that's gonna come out in 2016. It looks genuinely amazing. Yeah, and I'm gonna go see it tonight because I'm fucking excited. Oh. So by the time you hear this, find a theater that may be playing it. You might be late by the time, but definitely find a way to watch this movie. I don't I don't think that it doesn't seem like it's up my alley as far as movies that I would enjoy to watch. But I would definitely say support the movie. Right, like 100% support the movie. Um, and the person I seen him on TMZ. 
and he's still carrying around that Daniel that did uh, Daniel Radcliffe um, like mannequin body Dead or whatever. Body, yeah. yeah, he's carrying it around on the Sunset Strip everywhere for promotion. Like he's dragging <laughs> that thing around everywhere. Fucking like, insane. Yeah, yeah, and it's like so. I mean, if you if you've seen like any highlights from it or the trailers or whatever, mm, I mean, it's funny. Yeah, it, it look it, it's like screwball like kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, it's like he's riding a dead um, kind of like Wicked at Bernie's type thing, yeah. you know. So he's he's riding a dead Daniel Radcliffe like a jet ski propelled by fart. By farts. And his boner <laughs> is magic. And his boner is magic. And he can chop wood with his hands. Yeah. And he's it's just it's just a weird avant garde fucking I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna see it. Yeah. I'm not gonna go to the movies, but I'm gonna go see this movie. It's it's it, it's gonna be a fun movie. I can say that. Hell uh, yeah. I, that's it for today's episode, dudes. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, Chris is back. Yeah, yeah. I know you want <laughs> all the line. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. Peace. I will see you next episode. Wait. And to the ladies out there, I promise I won't talk about pit anymore. Yeah, I promise. Cheers. Wait. <laughs>